Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Paul Lisnick Behind the Curtain. As you know, my chance to step away from the politics and legal issues I cover on television. And ordinarily at this point, I say, and turn to the world of theater and the arts. Well, today I'm going to turn to a bit of a different world. We're actually going to go into the world of a dining experience. Now, I am not a restaurant reviewer. I don't do restaurant reviews. And I don't just you know cover restaurants on here because I happen to like you know the, the, the taco they make or something like that or the Chinese food or whatever. Now, I've come across this incredibly unique restaurant in the city of Chicago. And this was one I thought was absolutely important to, worthwhile to talk about with you, my viewers and listeners, because of what you're about to learn about some Chicago history. We're talking about the Chicago Firehouse Restaurant and joining me is Shannon Tauschman. Now, you probably have, Shannon, some kind of official title, but to me, you are like the resident historian of the Chicago Firehouse. And it's why I asked to talk to you. I am the historian uh, as well as the general manager, correct. So I'll be honest, I wasn't even familiar with the existence of the restaurant and shame on me for that. It's located at 1401 South Michigan, probably because I don't leave my neighborhood very much (laughs) over on the north side. But I came to explore and I was just blown away. Now we're going to talk about the menu and the food because I think we need to do that. Fantastic steaks and see and all the different things. I got to try a lot of different things. But first I want to talk about the history. Because you are not in just some ordinary building that got built, with all due respect to others, in, uh, you know, 2010. And here we are in a modern modern home. That's not what you've got. No, uh, we are housed in a 1905 fire station. Uh, this was Engine 104, an active firehouse from 1905 to 1987. So it's a beautiful building, uh, a Romanesque style of building. Um, it was a firehouse really built for the very prominent families that lived all along Prairie Avenue. Um, a lot of these names are very familiar. This would be like your Pullman family, your Marshall Fields family, your Glessner family, the Kimballs, a who's who of uh, Chicago um, is elite at the turn of the century. You're in the restaurant now, and we do see the patio area behind you, just so people wondering, you are indeed at the restaurant. So, but, and of course, people are saying, oh, they wanted a fine restaurant for those families. No, that wasn't your point. Your point was they wanted to be sure that those rich folks had a firehouse real close. So if there was ever, ever any problem, they were to be handled immediately. Exactly. I mean, of course, the great Chicago fire of 1871, I'm sure, uh, prevailed on many people's memories. So if you're going to be in a brand new neighborhood, you're building a beautiful brand new mansion, that fire station is going to be very important to have by. So there was 90 mansions that were all along Prairie Avenue. Unfortunately, there's only seven still left. But we're as, still- as, far, as far as what things are built with and stuff, I mean, by that point, 1905, and I was there and I sort of took a close look. So we're not dealing with the way things were built in 1877, right? We had learned a lot right. in the city. No. So um, the building is uh, Indiana Limestone, which made it very different than traditional fire stations in the city of Chicago at that time. Uh, Red Brick was a cheaper product. Uh, Of course, this is a firehouse for the well-to-do. So it's going to be Indiana Limestone to blend in with the neighborhood. Um, The white uh, ceramic brick, glazed brick, when you walk into our restaurant is very impressive. It just looks like glorious um, subway tiles, except I have a very unique name on the back of our tiles. Uh, The name Tiffany as in Tiffany and Company, is stamped on the back of every single brick that is in the bar room. So I got to tell you, and I I was going to totally ask you about that separately. I almost stopped you because I think that is such an amazing fact that I almost wanted to say, and of course, if you're in that the neighborhood of the Pullmans and the and the Marshall Fields and those kind of folks, um, then yes, if you're going to build a firehouse, you want to do something special. But 
Tiffany. And by the way, if you go to the restaurant, you can see them. I mean, they're right. They're there. Uh, and I, you probably don't want to have, you didn't put one on the table in front of you, did you? I mean, you, you've got some of those Tiffany bricks that are there that we can see. Oh, definitely. I mean, I love bringing it to the table because, um, A, people see the name on the back, but then they actually hold on to the brick and they're like, this is a serious brick. You know, it's, I mean, it's, I think it's because of those bricks that when our restaurant had a very tragic fire eight years ago, those Tiffany bricks actually did a very marvelous job because the first floor was relatively preserved. I know Tiffany is doing jewelry and things like that. Is this something they did back then or is this something done specially for Chicago Firehouse? No, no. Um, so Marshall Field, of course, was a resident of Prairie Avenue. He had his glorious department store on State Street. So to us Chicagoans, is still always going to be Marshall Fields in our heart of hearts. Me too. Um, go into that store. It's Macy's now on State Street. And if you look up, you're going to see a glorious mosaic um, tapestry of um, tiles. And that was the Tiffany family. So I'm not quite sure about this, but I'm pretty sure Marshall Field was a little bit uh, the influencer of, thank you for the ceiling. It looks beautiful. The department stores never look better. Uh, I've also got a little fire station on 14th and Michigan that me and my neighbors are looking for the right touch. So that's what I would like to think. I love it. So you guys come into the space in 2000, right, is when it converted to a restaurant? So in that time, here's the thing, and you toured me around at my request. I mean, you were so, I imagine you do that for anybody who who comes and, and asks and loves the history, that they can spend a little time with you and tour around. Tell us about some of the rooms, because for example, back in that time in 1905, how did they get to fires? Well, they went horse and buggy, which me or horse things. <laughs> and so you had to keep the horses somewhere. And now do we get to eat where the horses were? Actually, Paul, where you had dinner um, is actually where a stable would have been. So, and above you would have been the hayloft, um, obviously. And, um, and then in the back, which is now our patio behind me, um, this would have also been more stables for the horses. So, of course, when you come to our restaurant, you're going to see those two huge bay um, doors that look like they're perfect for a fire truck. But unfortunately, the fire trucks came a little bit later. They were originally for the, the horse-drawn um, hook and ladder. Yeah. Um, and, and there were no feedbacks left. I didn't find any of those in the corner of the room or anything like that. But talk about, so I think the room I was in was the main dining room, right? Where, where those were? The Prairie. Also? Correct. Okay. The prairie. So just, just tell my listeners, viewers a little bit about what are some of the other rooms that we, that we'll see when we're there, if we walk around. When you first walk into the room where the Tiffany brick is, that is our bar 104 room named in honor of the engine 104 that was in the space. Um, that is probably the most historic room um, to the building in the fact that we still have our pressed tin ceiling uh, above you, which is glorious. Uh, we also do have the original brass pole, which is a Chicago trivia. That they that used to climb down from, right? And Yeah, that is, that is the the. the that is how you got out of your bed and went right to the fire, you know, right to your fire truck. And then the room uh, beyond the bar is our prairie room, which is homage to the prairie state. It's a beautiful uh, painted walls of what this neighborhood would have been um, before, you know, Chicago became, you know, uh, a city. And then beyond that is a room, a very airy room that I'm in right now, which is the solarium. So I kind of like the juxtaposition between we have a very masculine room, the prairie room, next to the solarium, which is very feminine and airy and light. And then, of course, our patio, because Chicagoans love a patio. Yeah. Yes, they And when we go upstairs, there's some there's some rooms named after some famous people as well. Politicals. 
Yes, we do. Um, of course, we have the mayor's room. It is a, a very small dining room for 20 guests. Uh, it is named in honor of Mayor Daly, who was a South Loop resident. Um, he was a very big fan of our restaurant. Uh, because of Mayor Daly, we actually um, had George Bush have his 60th birthday with us at the restaurant, um, which was very exciting times. Oh, really? George W.? George W. Yeah, it was, we were open for regular business, which I think was a little shocking um, to patrons who just came to have their regular dinner reservation. Um, But it was very, very exciting, except the exception being that, yes, same food, same drink, same service. However, maybe some metal detectors, maybe some snipers, maybe some dogs. But other than that, (laughs) this is usual. Yeah, your typical kind of snipery. I like to have snipers around when I'm I'm eating in a place, uh, or actually sniper hunters or whatever you call them. Uh, and by the way, was that now? I might as well follow up. Did did George W. Was he friendly to people? Did he say hi, or was he kind of whisked in and out of his room? Um, we, I frankly, I thought we were never going to meet him. I just thought we were like sort of behind the scenes and might see him in the distance. But he came right up to me and said, "Hi, I am George Bush," <laughs> and I said, "Yes, I I'm quite aware." You didn't yeah. say, "I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name." <laughs> no, he was he was very charming. He was very charismatic. He was very sweet. It was it was just so interesting since you obviously cover politics that um imagine that with the biggest Democrat you could think of, Mayor Daley, with at the time the biggest Republican you could think of, President Bush. And yeah. they were getting famously and laughing and having a very good time. And by the way, George W. Bush, whether you loved him or hated him or whatever, I will tell you what, he is one funny guy too. I mean, he was really very funny. Well, he was, uh, it's funny, uh, we, it was his birthday, his 60th birthday, so we actually made a cake from beginning to end, of course, with Secret Service watching every single step from beginning to end, and the candles we put on his cake were a Dalmatian and a fire hydrant, and we weren't really thinking about it, but Mayor Daly did point out, and goes, I don't think those two should be next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Wait, so you said Secret Service had to watch you make the cake, so they're kind of the food testing sort of concerns? Oh, from beginning to end, like, I want to see the bowl, I want to see the whisk, I want to see the eggs. Oh, yeah, they um, they bring in their own ice for the president. They bring in their own Mr. Coffee, coffee maker for the president. Wow. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah it's, if, if I ever get snobby enough, I might try to. Can, if I bring some of my own stuff, then can I give that to the, to the kitchen? <laughs> you, can, you can't eat it. You kind of get in that weird mind frame of like, can the others have our ice or no? But you realize <laughs> service, they're looking at after one guy yeah if it ain't good for if it's not good enough for bush why is it good enough for me i don't know i'm sure i want to have it too well anyway so it's just absolutely amazing and by the way you did talk about the fire you had some years ago but i know it did some damage but but basically everything is intact you're okay oh definitely no i mean the building i think came back better than ever she got a glorious um you know refresh little botox little you know filler but just um it really, I just think it's it, the the restaurant's stunning. I mean, it really, it's so awesome as a manager to see guests walk into the building for the first time and really kind of be, wow, this is a really beautiful well, fire. That state. was my, and I'm I'm such a lover of Chicago history that just eating there was just an incredible experience and 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 feeling an occasion. There is valet parking, by the way, out front. Um, if you you know if you if you're worried about parking, I found a space on the street, so uh, not that tough at all. But so yeah, all of that was sort of amazing. Whose idea was it to say let's make this a restaurant? Mayor Daly. So Mayor Daly kind of realized that the South Loop was not Richard really M. Daly. Richard M. Daly, uh, not as. Um, built up or regentrified as it should have been. You know, it's the closest to the lake. It has the proximity to Soldier Field. Um, and there was a lot of just untapped real estate. So I think 
he knew this was the next, next neighborhood to really develop. And he knew he had this gem of a building. So he wanted to make sure that this building was going to be a staple anchor to the South Loop, which That's is great. South Loop staple, is such- not stable. We got to get the terms. Uh, but it's, well, and and yeah. so who is it? Who is it that took over? Who, who owns the restaurant? Who, who operates all that? So we're, we're owned by the Matthew and Laura O'Malley. They've owned the restaurant since uh, we opened in 2000. Uh, they're very involved with the restaurant. They live right down the street. Um, this is their baby. You know, they, they, they've seen it from, you know, they've seen the neighborhood change so much. Um, we've acquired so many regulars who've been with us since opening day. It's, it's a really a friendly neighborhood restaurant, but has the great proximity to McCormick Place. So we get great conventioneers crowds who visit us on either the annual basis or the biannual basis, depending on the convention. And a lot of new people moving into the South Loop. The South Loop is just a little bit on fire. It's kind of great. On fire. You keep going back to those terms, don't you? <laughs> Sorry. The current Can't help yourself. So, the, so, and first of all, the wet, the wet, I want to talk about the menu and just some of the things that you have. Cause that's there. It was, it was just such a nice surprise, I suppose, but the website, cause people can find the, I love the website design too. Just the way you have the pages, even the pages look fancy. Uh, I want to make sure it's chicagofirehouse.com. Yes. Okay. So you can go there and check all the menus, but I just want to talk a a little bit about, so I'm a steak guy. And so I sort of went in that direction. Um, but really the menu is steak, chicken, fish, and it changes. I mean, it's just salmon. I mean, there was all these options. What is the, what is the MO in terms of the chef creating the menu options? Well, we like to call ourselves a landmark steakhouse because the building is in fact a landmark. Uh, we are a steakhouse, but we're also again, that neighborhood comfort food restaurant. Um, somebody across the street, as much as we would love it, they can't eat a Delmonico three times a week, but they can cut, pop by and have a chicken sandwich on Wednesday, you know, on, on Friday, you know, have a treat, have, have the Delmonico, and then come to the bar on, on Saturday night and have a, you know, a great burger and a salad. So it's, we have something for everybody. Yeah, and I don't see. I eat like a twelve-year-old. I, I am not. I will never be like the food, whatever, because you're never going to send me to the finest of to eat things that are made out of things I shouldn't eat, whatever. So, but I was so happy when I saw the menu because there were very fancy things on the menu. There's okay. meatloaf on the menu. I mean, there's just everything. I happen to have the French onion soup. I'm a huge lover of French onion soup, and and although um, the server who you know the whole staff was absolutely wonderful. Uh, and by the way, speaking of the politics, I mean you have. Um, uh, Dale Epton, related to the famous Epton family, political Epton family. It's almost like the politics so intertwined, you can't get away from it. Uh, Bernie and Sal are the, 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 were the Epton brothers related to, to her. Uh, but anyway, so in going through things, it was so tough to even make a choice on, you know, on, on what I wanted to have and, and the options. Uh, but, you know, you start with the bar, you've got the fancy drinks and the traditional drinks and even people like me, like I said, who, you know, eats like a 12 year old. I mean, there's something for everybody and the people with the finest palates. Oh, completely. And it's, it's really from like soup to nuts because our pastry chef is amazing. Our, our, okay. our desserts are phenomenal. So I always tell people when they ask me, you know, what, what do you recommend? I would say this, this, and this, but do save room because you'll be thanking me later when you're eating carrot cake at midnight because you're going to be bringing home or the coconut pie or the chocolate. I'm sorry, but you pick carrot. You can have carrot. That's fine. I, I just couldn't stop myself. I mean, it was just, it's just so amazing. And by the way, I have to even note, um, in case people are saying like, do you get enough food? I mean, I, I ordered some side dishes, a little broccolini and some whipped potatoes and stuff like that, all of which were fabulous. But, you know, I expected there to be a three block broccolinis on the plate and a, and a spoonful of the potatoes. No, I was getting these huge dig. It was like, <laughs> anybody at the table have some because there's some for everybody. So it's sort of a 
I wouldn't call it quite family style, but it absolutely is shareable. Well, we like to say go big or go home. I, you know, it's Chicago, you know, city of big shoulders and, you know, big tummies. So, yeah. you know, it's, um, but I, I, I like that also that people, you know, our to-go bags go out that has our lovely logo on it. And, you know, it, people have a nice little meal the next day. So how often do the meals, you do have specials and things. So tell me a bit about the chef and the history of, of the chef, because that certainly that person is going to dictate kind of what, what's going to happen meal wise. Or is a lot of that, like if you hired a new chef tomorrow, is it sort of, a, I'm sorry, here's what we do. Get with the plan. We're very fortunate. Our chef is Oscar Montesinos. Oscar is extremely talented, um, very disciplined and knows his craft backwards and forwards. He, um, there are some core items on the menu that will never go away. French onion soup is one of those. Um, our lobster bisque. Yeah, the lobster bisque. That's what, and they even said to me, our signature is the lobster bisque. I'm not a lobster person, so I didn't do it. And I went with the French onion soup. But but yeah, apparently lobster bisque is what you've been so famous for. Oh, completely. Um, firecracker shrimp is another appetizer that we- I had that. Get a new <laughs> shrimp. Don't look at it. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Be creative elsewhere. And the chefs do have their creativity with our daily specials, which I know a lot of restaurants after the pandemic, they just never um, brought back specials. I know because of, um, you know, shortages and and, and staff shortages and and items like from the grocery store or or producers. And we still have a fresh fish every single day that we switch out four to five days out. And I noticed on at least the night I was there, the the fish came from mine that night, the salmon came from some like, Faraway Islands. Uh, uh, Faroe Island, yes. Yeah. It's, a, it's all about sustainable products. So we're not going to get something that's going to be overfished, oversourced. Um, so that we keep that in mind. You know, Our neighbor is you know, the Shed Aquarium. So we, we like to, to play nice with the... So you your know, food does not come from the Shed? It does not come from the Shed, but we <laughs> sustainable uh, seafood. I could sort of see, you know, that fish is about on his way out. But no, we don't want to do that. No. But, uh, but again, I, I just want to give a plug to the side dishes because I just, I, you know, there were onion rings there. I didn't have all of them, but I just didn't know what to get because it, it, it's just this feast where you could just sit there and stay all day because if you just keep eating, you know, there was no end. So I just congratulate you on all that. I think it's just amazing. It's all about the environment you're eating it in. Oh, completely. I, you know, when you go out to dinner, it's supposed to be the whole ball of wax. It's supposed to be ambiance, service. Um, and cuisine. And I think we deliver on all three of those. Um, and I'm very proud of that. I think um, our service is very approachable. It's friendly, but professional. Um, our food is consistently, you know, if you came here five years ago, that biscuit is going to taste exactly the same. Um, our gratin potatoes are going to taste exactly the same. We really pride ourselves on sticking to our recipes and, and delivering the same meal that people expect from us. You know, and I did want to talk about service a little because, you know, Chicago is now dealing with this issue of do we get rid of the, you know, the, 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 the tips yeah. and the wage price and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, to me, I've always thought, why even worry about it? If you're a good server, then you should be taken care of no matter what, regardless of whatever that salary level is going to be. Well, right. David was my server. I, I remember him, um, uh, there, but, but also the, I, I just find, and I thought, well, maybe because he knew who I was and they were just being nice to me and you came over, different people said hi. But I kept my eyes open. The truth is you all were just very greeting and, and happy to, to all of you. I just saw you kind of, not just you, but everybody kind of making the rounds to the tables. It was just, a, it was a love fest all the way around. It had nothing to do with me or WGN or anything like that. Um, I think it's very important to connect with your guest. Um, some people are first timers. Well, I don't want them to be just a first timer. I want to see them again and again and again. And that's how you make your connection with these guests. You you talk to them, you get to know them 
I mean, every single night we're always getting hugs from somebody and that's a great feeling. That's, that's what going out, that's what hospitality is. And I think somehow in the, with the pandemic, we lost a little bit of that, but I, I'm really proud of the fact that we haven't, um, you know, David, David, your server has actually been here since opening night. He's the one who waited on president Bush. Well, why and- didn't you tell me that when I was there <laughs> and I had a whole conversation? No, and the funny thing about David is that um, that week I couldn't say anything, and I went up to David because I really wanted him to be part of that team, and I said, David, I really need you here on Wednesday, and David said to me, I can't, I'm going out of town, and I had to bite my tongue and say, David, I, gosh, I, I really want you here on Wednesday, and he said, but I'm going to Washington, D.C., and in my head, I'm like screaming, like, dude, I'm bringing you D.C. Exactly. You know? <laughs> We're bringing D.C. to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he so changed his plans. He did. He was um, walking up Michigan Avenue, saw a huge tent on 14th Street, and then was greeted by Secret Service who said, David Modek, you will be waiting on the president of the United States. <laughs> but he was happy he didn't see i got to see him next time because we got to talk a little bit about that oh yeah it, i mean i'm sure i was forgiven with oh i can't believe shannon scheduled me on wednesday you know <laughs> right. right here i went time, and he brought could you not say what you probably couldn't say what was going on right I, I didn't couldn't say anything i i went home that night to my husband who met me at the door and said are you kidding me i had to see this on the news <laughs> <laughs> was that a secret service requirement they told you you couldn't oh yeah it was it was yeah, it was very cloak and dagger. It was really, I wow. mean, it was very exciting. Now, just between us, no one's listening. <laughs> was Bush a good tipper? Well, I think it was the Republican National Committee that I think paid for the meal. Were they a good tipper? <laughs> um, I think it was an autograt. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> it was six or more. So, you know, it was, I, think, I think it was eight I'll, gentlemen. There you go. So you're, <laughs> you're getting no matter what. And you as general manager, I mean, so you're obviously involved in hiring the staff and hiring. And so like, you know, David's been there since the beginning, but not everybody has. But I just saw everybody in that sort of, you know, frame of mind. So obviously the, these kinds of um, the the temperament, the the skills, they all, well, I don't know if everybody has to have serving experience before you would hire them, but clearly you've got standards that they have to be able to meet to to do it the Chicago Firehouse way. Oh, completely. I, I don't want a bunch of robots on the floor who like, this is the script. I want you to go out there with your white jacket. I, I want personalities. I want your personality to shine through. So when I interview um, potential servers, I want to make sure they have the knowledge because if somebody's coming out to dinner and spending, you know, a, a good amount of money, the knowledge needs to be there. So, but you know, we, we sort of preach something at the restaurant, which we call KPD, which is knowledge, um, uh, profession and then disposition. You know, we can teach you the other items, but um, the disposition needs to shine because, mm-hmm. you know, it's so important. I, I, there's, I've been, there's restaurants that I go to that maybe the food is okay, but they're so delightful and sweet that we keep going back to it. My case, I'm delivering on all three, which I, I'm very happy about. So, um, but yeah, disposition, you need a good personality. Yeah. Now, and price wise, look, you're not the least expensive place in the city to be sure. The good news is I saw so many people leaving with the bags you talked about that have the Chicago firehouse symbol on there because you can't possibly finish the food. And so the staff is always so helpful about saying, take it home. We're going to, and they bring you the things and you know, you can pack it up. So you've got another couple of meals coming after that. Um, but just for, I I don't want to, you know, people to watch us and then sort of say, okay, it must be kind of like a deli. I mean, I want them to have a sense that this is not a, this is not a $10 a person 
place. No, no, it's not. I mean, it's definitely a restaurant. If you want to splurge, you know, yes, we have the shellfish towers. We have the, you know, with the ribeyes, the Delmonico's, we have, you know, surf and turf, lobster tails. But then also, you know, if you're coming here with your family from the Shedd Aquarium, like during the summer, we've got so many families, they come here, their kids can get like, you know, mini sliders, you know, mom gets a burger, you know, dad gets, you know, chicken, you know, or meatloaf, you know, so it, it, there's something for everybody. Yeah, well, that's what you said, which is so important. By the way, what about private since Bush got his own Mayor Daly room? Um, I did tour and I went upstairs and there were some several rooms. So talk about kind of the private dining or maybe if somebody wanted to have a corporate event or uh, how, how many can you handle? How does that work? Well, we have had lots of uh, buyouts where someone takes the whole over, the whole firehouse, which is pretty exciting. Oh, really? And, wow. Oh, yeah. A lot of those with weddings. Um, a lot of firemen like to get married at our restaurant, which is always real sweet. We love our first responders. Mm-hmm. Um, upstairs, we've got three separate dining rooms, the mayor's room, uh, the Kimball parlor, and the Palmer parlor. Uh, that could be three separate rooms or open up to two rooms or the whole space. So currently, right now, we're doing a luncheon upstairs where they took the whole second floor. Oh, okay. Now, by the way, you said two other names. So the, the, the Palmer room, Potter Palmer, right? And Bertha, that's about Palmer House, those folks. Correct. And, and Kimball, I'm thinking of the street Kimball. Who was Kimball? Piano. They, they, they sold uh, Kimball piano. piano people. And his mansion was across the street from the Glessner house. And it still gotcha. stands U.S. Soccer Federation building for many years. It is one of those seven mansions still left over. Um, it's beautiful. It's very um, French in style. It's like a chateau. You, you know, the night I left, you and I talked about sort of that area we were in. I have no sense of direction either. So we, you, we talked about the Glessner house and all those places being around. I did go drive around, um, oh. did take the turn down Indiana, whatever, and walked around just to try and, and, you know, get the sense of that neighborhood. And it is an amazing, uh, neighborhood. You know, people have their images of what it's like to live on the north side or the south side of different places, but that is one of the most special areas. You can just see that it had a life and a lifestyle all its own in the day and apparently today. Oh, I mean, it's, and it's so many people are unaware about Prairie Avenue. That's the interesting thing. And we have so many guests who are staying at McCormick Place and they'll walk to the restaurant and they said, we walked down that one street and we saw these crazy homes. And it's, and you tell people like, this was the Gilded Age. This is where your movers and shakers lived at the turn of the century. They wanted to live on Prairie Avenue. It was not always um, the North Side or Hyde Park. It was, you know, Prairie Avenue was the pinnacle. And of course, I know Chicago Architectural Foundation, they do the walking tours and all of that. Uh, is there part of when they do a, a tours of, of Prairie Avenue in that area, which I, th- I think they do, um, but d- is it sort of lunch at the Chicago Firehouse or are you tied into the folks that are coming on that kind of a tour or visit? Well, we always like to partner up with the Glessner House. Glessner oh, House okay. does walking tours of the neighborhood. And uh, this last year, I said, of course, will we be part of that? You know, we're kind of a little bit off the beaten path, but... Um, we had so many people swing by the firehouse that um, my mental note was next year, Shannon doesn't do it by herself. Shannon needs help. <laughs> so I will definitely have two assistants because we couldn't believe how many people came pouring into the firehouse because they did not know about the history. And it was great. I mean, these people walked considerably, you know, four extra blocks just to check out our building when there were so many, I think there was 24 different spots on that tour that they could stop at. And the mere fact that that so many did that extra step to visit me was fantastic. Now, I don't mean to put pressure on you with this question because I'm sure you have people who come in, they've had dinner or they're, they're just not eating at the moment or they're walking around, but they see this amazing place and they just want to kind of walk around and tour. Do you, are you good with that? Or do you say, no, you better get a burger or get out of here? <laughs> 
no, we're very nice at this show. <laughs> I know you are. Right. We're very sweet. And, you know, and I mean, I'm I'm a little bit of a ham, um, but the serve people. It's great to work at a restaurant that has so much history because I love bragging about her. Um, we do have an iPad with lots of pictures of the restaurant. Um, yeah, you showed me that too. You're walking me through this whole history show. Yeah, I mean, I have pictures of it with with you know old fire engines. I have, I have pictures of the horse and wagon, um, and people love it. And again, like I said, we have so many first responders, and these are such unsung heroes. They're always so humble about what they contribute, and I always tell them, "Your occupation was never in my wheelhouse ever." I'm so right. thankful there are people like you out there, and they're so appreciative when you show them the pictures. And um, but also, there's just people history nuts like yourself. I mean, there's so many people who love. Chicago history. And I have people like Shannon. These people are from out of town. Could you please bring over the iPad? And I'm more than happy to do so. You never get tired of it. You were as, no. you were as happy and whatever as you were with the night that I was with you. So, well, I mean, I love, I love it when I find a new photo, you know, I, like, I just want to think I have them all. Um, there was, I just got a new photo of um, the neighborhood in the fifties. And this is back when the wow. L still went down Wabash. I never understood why Wabash is so wide down here. And I found that picture and I went, ha ha, the train still went down Wabash. And so that day, my husband was driving me to work and I was very, go down Wabash. I'm going to see where they changed it. And bingo, right by Columbia, you see where they turned they turn the track. Oh, so you're not talking, because in the loop, the tracks are still there down Wabash. They are, but then they turn, they go west a little bit. Oh yeah, right. Oh, so they didn't, They at that time they did not turn? No, it was good. That's why Wabash is so wide. So, see how nerdy and excited I get when I find something like that about that's you know, fantastic. You know, I know you'll be there forever. Don't ever retire, whatever. But how could they ever replace you there? I mean, you need the truth is to be the general manager. You can't just come in and say, "Yes, I run restaurants." You, you, you. It is your passion and your love for this place and its history that I think makes it special. I'm not blowing smoke at you. It's oh. just, it's very, very different and really, I think, important. Oh well, I. That's very sweet of you. Thank you. But I, I've been given a very good gift. Beautiful building, great staff, great food, great neighborhood. What else could a girl ask for? So if I try to get you to leave and manage a Starbucks down the street for me, you're not going? <laughs> no, I'm a Dunkin' Donuts girl, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I used the wrong example, but <laughs> I think the answer is still no. Yes, I'm, I'm very quite content being here. So um, how easy is it to get reservation? It's a fairly big place, but as you say, you always have so many people. So how, how far in advance should people make reservations to come and kind of have the nice evening? Well, you know, when there's a convention in town, we're booked, which is a great problem to have. Um, but we also do a lot of special events. Like we're doing Oktoberfest later this week for three days. Um, we're, we're sort of like drawing. Now, by, now that's, it's going to, I don't want people to be upset by the time we, we are airing this Oktoberfest will be over. Oh, I did see that cool. great menu, but people yeah, they should go back and I don't know if you remove the menu off the website, but it's a great venue. You do. Um, but I, I always tell people like on the weekends, I would make a reservation a couple days out. Um, just because that's not pet- ending soon. Um, of course we'll extend patio season as long as we can. We do have our heaters out there as well as beautiful blankets. Um, but relatively speaking, the restaurant itself is small. And of course, everybody likes to eat at that golden hour of seven to seven thirty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would recommend at least three days out to make a reservation. Okay. Are those blankets, horse blankets out of curiosity? They're not horse blankets. Right. No. <laughs> would have been really cool if they were the original horse blankets I- that we got to put over our laps. No, just regular blankets. Okay. (laughs) I love it. 
Well, Shannon, thank you so much. It's just been fabulous to see. People can go online uh, at chicagofirehouse.com. Make your re- I think I made my reservations online, didn't I, right? I think you did. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. The menus are there. You can see all of what we were talking about and the, just the, the great uh, differences in food for every palate, from my little kid palate all the way to the fanciest ones. But it's the history, as I said. This is the very first, this is the very first look on this podcast, which I've been doing for years, I have ever taken at a restaurant. And um, and it's just because of, to me, the very special place that Chicago Firehouse is for the city uh, and what it means and the fact that people can go enjoy it and eat there and experience the history. And anybody I can turn on to some Chicago history and some really good food, uh, I'm happy to do that, even if I change one mind. So uh, I'm really happy about that. And I thank you for just spending this time and, and, and meeting me that night and, and just getting me so excited about all of this. Oh, well, you're very sweet. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate all the um, the gratitude. It's, it's awesome. Yes. We hope to see you soon. Yeah. Oh, I'll be back. ChicagoFirehouse.com. But the Chicago Firehouse is located at 1401 South Michigan Avenue. The phone number is 312-786-1401. If you're lucky, maybe Shannon will even answer. <laughs> Shannon, yes. thanks for your time. I appreciate you. Have a great upcoming season, and I'll be back to see you soon. All right. Thank you very much. Bye now. Bye-bye.